Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi, genre junkies. Welcome to a horror-themed episode. Yay! Yay! Um, tonight we are reviewing a short story collection that you can go read right now, and you absolutely should. It is called Other Terrors, an Inclusive Anthology. Um, great cover on this uh, book, by the way. But before we do that, um, Scott. Sandra. Do you have anything you want to share with the class tonight? So what I have to share is um, I started a new job recently. <laughs> yes. And if anyone's ever started a new job before, that's um, it's kind of a lot. Yeah. And it's thrown off our schedule because you have to kind of find a new normal and a new schedule and a, and a new routine. And so we are working to find that. Yeah, working very dif- very very diligently to try and find a new normal and a new schedule outside of work. So, yeah, that that's pretty much what I have to share this this week. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about Scott's schedule in a bit. Um we can share something really fun though. We saw Nope. We did see Nope. We have seen Nope. Nope has been experienced. That film is brilliant. Brilliant. You heard it. You heard it from the genre junkies. Um, so hard to talk about it without spoiling anything. Yes. But it's it's creative. It's unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it, 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 you absolutely owe it to yourself to go see it in theaters. Yes. And if you can see it in Dolby Atmos... I really recommend it. Yeah, like I'm nor- normally a person that notices sound type things, but I will say the the sound was like exquisite in this film. Um, we of course love Jordan Peele and um, love all of his movies and projects and things he's involved in, and this is no exception. Um, I don't know. There's just something about what he does. He makes horror magic. He really does, and it's he is a must watch director, producer, screenwriter. He if his name is attached to a project, I will it's, see it. It's a yeah. must watch. At this I point. will experience it. And he's pulled that off. I mean, in our, I mean, in my opinion, he pulled it off in one film. But yeah, he has he has cemented that in three. Yeah, which is incredible. And not to mention the other things he's been involved in. Oh, but yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about other terrors. <laughs> Terrors, terrors. So this is an anthology of original horror stories edited by Bram Stoker Award winners Vince A. Liagano and Rena Mason that showcases authors from historically excluded backgrounds telling terrifying tales of what it means to be or merely to seem other, offering new stories from some of the biggest names as horror as well as some of the hottest up-and-coming talents Other Terrors will provide the ultimate reading experience for horror fans who want to examine fear of, quote unquote, the other. Be they of a different culture or different background, a different sexual orientation or gender identity, a different belief system or a different skin color. Some people simply aren't part of the community's majority and are perceived as scary. Humans are almost instinctively inclined to fear what's different. And there are a multitude of individuals who have spent far too long on the outside looking in. And the thing about the outside is, 
It's much larger than you think. I love it. I love it. I love that. Um, I was so excited to read this anthology. I'll start. I'll start. Uh, for me, this was an absolute page turner of an experience. Um, I loved it. I love that there's people I'd read before and people I liked. And then I always love experiencing new authors. Um, you know, we talk a lot on Genre Junkies about, you know, expanding your horizons and how reading can really like not to be corny but it can really help and change the world and it's you know it, you've got to experience something outside yourself and, and see somebody's perspective it's so important and that it's also really cool when you find representation too so i, I was just so excited about reading this collection uh brilliantly brilliantly edited collection so um this is where the uh the genre junkies this is going to be controversial. This is where the genre junkies controversy oh, starts. Oh, con controversy. Yes, we haven't had a controversy in a while. This so let's is, have it. This is the first book in a while that I have not finished in time yes. for our episode. Now, I have read um, a fair number of the stories, and I yes. intend to read the rest. Yes, he will. Um, with what I have read, I absolutely am giving this page turner. Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of a different experience with short story collections where, you know, I, I like to break in between them. And on top of that, again, and, and I'm sorry, listeners, my new job, I'm still trying to find my new... Um, I'm trying to find the times when it works for me to be a reader. And this book just unfortunately hit me in a place where I'm just not quite there yet. Um, but as of right now, with what I've read, a large portion of the beginning and also some selected stories that Sandra has had me read, it's definitely a page turner. And I, I really appreciate I really tr appreciate a book like this that not only highlights, uh, you know, as this book puts it, people who are on the quote unquote outside mm -hmm. um, and uses uh both real and fictionalized settings to as allegories or examples to kind of open your eyes to situations. Yeah. Um no I totally agree and um you know if Scott had just been a total slacker I would have been very unhappy with him for not finishing cuz you know we're here to review stuff so you know kind of like not finishing something isn't an option it's okay if you it's a betrayal uh, it's okay if you abandon a book <laughs> like in your personal reading but we're like no no this is what we're committing to and we're getting it done so it's it's of course a bummer but he will get through them but i was like okay well there's a couple standouts that i really want to talk about so i need you to hop around a little um there is a part in the introduction that I absolutely love. As women and people of color and the LGBTQ community and those differently abled are rising up, stepping forward to demand their place at the table, the stories are recasting the other from villain to victim. Modern sympathy for the traditional devil, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I thought that was so great. And Vince wrote that one. Um, this whole collection has more award winners, um, <laughs> <laughs> Hugo winners, uh, you know, Poe, and all those other sorts of things, associate horror association, every, all the things. They have more winners and more really exciting, interesting up and comers um, than you can shake a stick at. You just can't. Try to shake your stick at it. You won't be able to. So that was really exciting. Um, like I said, there's some favorites that are in here too, um, which is just a really big thrill. Um, 
Yeah. So some of the stories in a short story collection are going to land with you and some of them are not. And that's one of those things where it's very subjective based on writing style, based on subject matter. But every single one of these authors and their works should be applauded because they're putting themselves out there and showcasing, hi, I'm different. I'm other. And I have something to say. And each story um, that I've that I have read in this, it you know comes from that same kind of place, but does it in such a unique way. Yeah, there is a there's a very strong through line through the stories, but um, but you know some of them, they each one approaches it in very unique ways. Some of them are are immediately familiar and some of them are not you know for the reason of such a wide demographic even though this is definitely horror and it's wonderful um i'm leaning towards a pretty broad appeal on this and that's just because you know if you like to read um diversely or you like to read about you know others or you want to boost up writers that are you know quote unquote others and you should mm-hmm. <laughs> want to do that. Um, even if you're not a horror fan, I I think you'd get some things out of this uh, collection. There's a couple that are a little bit more quote unquote extreme or a little more body, but at the same time, like the the messages are so important. Um, I really, really, as always, as we always say, and again, I know I'm co- I'm corny. I know about this, but I just I always hope that somebody will read this book and they'll they'll read something and it'll open their heart a little bit, Mm. you know, and open their mind a little bit. And, you know, especially in the horror community, we love the monster, right? Like we relate to the monster. A lot of us do. And we have a lot of sympathy uh, for the monster very often. And it's just so wonderful to see (sighs) all of these voices lifted up. It's a very powerful thing. Horror changes lives. God damn it. And I, (laughs) And I, I will agree with you. I feel like this is broad. I mean, horror uh, can be polarizing. And just like you said, uh, there are some stories that are more um, violent or disturbing than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the beautiful things about a short story collection is just like you said earlier, you know, some even if even if that's not really your thing, I feel like it's it stays it's it stays for a period of time where even if it's like a little bit too disturbing for you, then it's over and you can still process what's in there and move on to something else that that is more your 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 That's speed. True. It's like somebody saying, hey, try this. Oh, no, I don't really like that. That type of food. No, just try it. Just try a little bite. <laughs> <laughs> just have like a little bite. And then it's like, oh, wait, actually, I do kind of like that. Or, well, I don't really like that, but I'm kind of glad I tried but it. It only but- served me like two bites. So yeah. it's okay. <laughs> Going to a fancy, you know, 12, 12, 12 meal, you know, special dinner. Yeah. Um, just while we're speaking a little bit on the gay agenda, I would like to say <laughs> uh, RuPaul's All-Stars, All-Stars, Queen of Queens season that just wrapped was absolutely terrific. Huge fan of Raja. And I would um, take a bullet for Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> so, Yeah. Congratulations, Jinxie. Um, 
And also something else I wanted to shout out that we didn't put at the beginning because I'm kind of like sneaking some little shout outs right here at the end because they're not like super genre relevant, right? Um, we've been watching the new Iron Chef on Netflix and we are having so much fun. It's campy. It reminds me of the OG. Yeah. It's a really great, uh, you know, eating dinner, playing in the background sort of sort of show. And, and the chairman is brilliant magic as ever um he he's always been a lot of fun but definitely in this you know in this new uh version of iron chef really embracing that that camp flavor yeah they're like they're like letting him go they're like be free be free so on that note of um be free and be who you are and be proud of who you are and let your freak flag fly let's head over to the spoiler section we will have a tiny trigger content warning at the top of that section. So if you want to hear that, stay tuned and then cut out if you don't want to know our spoiler-filled thoughts. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. You know what? Triggers for all the things. Uh, yeah, I mean... Violence in many different forms towards many different types of people, um, uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia. Yeah, it's hard stuff. This is a tough subject matter, but the only way that we can um, know better and do better and grow is to um, understand somebody, what they're going through. All right, so um, I thought this was a really cool way to kick off the collection, and that was with a poem. Yeah. And uh, they did that uh, beautiful poem, Strong, Simple, But Powerful, by Linda Soon. Um, Linda uses she, her pronouns. And I, I, I don't know, I just was kind of like, you know, they've set the tone, and then it's almost like, okay, you're taking a step in, and you're taking a step in with this collection, you know? It's like when you get in the pool and the water's a little cold it's almost like it almost is like a second introduction you know yeah um because I, I really like books when you know they start with like a quote or a poem yes, yes, yes it yes. kind of felt like that it's exactly that same idea of okay this is what we're getting into quickly followed by idiot girls by jennifer mcmahon <laughs> um jennifer of course she she needs no introduction she's an incredibly famous um across many genres walks of people author um obviously i loved this obviously i loved this two teen girls um you know just that wonderful little slice of we're looking at puberty we're looking at growing up we're looking at experimenting and then add on top of this uh monster and hunter you know it gave me a little bit of a, a you know, setting wise of almost like a Stephen King vibe in that um, there's kind of a, a like an eldritch or cult mystery behind it, but Ooh. but built around uh, you know child you know child growing up coming of age yeah that kind of feeling I, I got I got some of that from that you know what I, can I get what I'm saying oh yeah no and I I love that because I love. Um, I love. I love. We all love, right? A really good coming of age story, um, and it can be so powerful. And you know, there's like parts of myself I see in those girls of me at that age, and and, and even though they're um slightly different walks of life than I am, mm. 
This is one I could see. I mean, it, you could say this about every short story, but this is a great way to 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 start with the first story in the book because I could see this one going the full distance as far as a full length story. I could, I could see, see a full length story. I could see movie. I could see a movie or a TV. A miniseries. Oh, it'd be a great movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I say TV miniseries. What is TV? Streaming miniseries. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a six hour, eight hour, 10 hour, 12 hour movie is really what it is. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Um, up next, we had Waste Not by Almakatsu. Almakatsu. Who is, of course, um, I, I'm going to get sick of saying this because everybody's just like brilliant, you know, but she's obviously a, a known name in horror, um, has a lot of fans. So this is the daughter dis- in law <laughs> discovers her mother in law and husband have big secret. <laughs> Oh, it's you know, it was it's it's kind of difficult to read about um people who are hoarders and dealing with hoarding. Yeah. Um it's very difficult for that, me. That was that that it's it's kind of disturbing on in that on that level. And a lot of people have either either know people or have their own tendencies of that, and so it can be kind of difficult to read. Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. Um I did like our um our protagonist in this one you know she's a detective she's a stick to her guns type of person um i really liked that there was one line that i okay let me let me backtrack a little there was a line that stood out to me in this story that i didn't love and that was um basically that our our heroine she doesn't want kids and it says essentially if you had a bad childhood mm. and you don't like want to have kids um now that was probably that character's opinion yes and we have said that before about books is you don't have to like or agree with many things your characters say or represent um as and I was proud of her for wanting to be child free, but we're child free people. Mm-hmm. We're really into that movement. We love kids, you know, but not for us. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's a misconception a lot of us child free people fight against is that we had bad childhoods, so now we won't. Yeah. You know, and and I know that's of course going to be true for some people. It's going to be very not true for a lot of people, but that's where this character's from. Yeah. And that, that that's this character's experience, and yeah. and I I I get exactly what you're saying. I think it's I think if that's that character's feeling, that's fine. But that is definitely a trope. That is a um a fear that you know our parents have had. Oh, do you not want kids because did I, I mean do did I do something wrong? It's like no, I just don't want kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's complicated and it's a painful issue for a lot of people. Like a lot of the issues covered in, in this book. Um, but I did like the character a lot. I liked the story a lot, and a great explosive ending too. I was very satisfied with that. Um, I don't know. I had a cool feminist message to it with that ending. I appreciated it. Burn it all down. Burn it down. Next up was one of my favorite stories in the collection. I don't ever want to pick favorites, but you you will. You will pick favorites in a collection, right? Of course. Night Shopper by Michael Hansen. Michael uses he, him pronouns. This was a beautiful story that had me have a tear in my damn eye. Trans woman who shops for monsters. <laughs> um, 
And then at the end, they come to her aid. I appreciate how the whole thing was written, where it was, it was, it was obvious. It was obvious, but it wasn't, it wasn't like put straight out there that that's what she was doing. Because it was still loaded with humor and tongue in cheek and dare I say camp <laughs> and uh, but also beautiful, but so beautiful. Um, I was absolutely in love with our lead character in this book. Um, she was just such a such a badass. And it's like kind of an interesting like uh a little bit future look at like you know after they said like you know it's like a couple pandemics in the future or something like that wasn't it where everybody does this kind of gig shopping is kind of a really big thing I now think, i think there was something kind of futurism about mm, it just a little bit i would have to read it again i i kind of placed it as basically being right about now what is right about now funk soul brother but it's a little bit further too <laughs> it's a reference to a song world um uh, you liked it too, though. I did. I liked it a lot. And I knew it would probably be your favorite because you love creatures. Yes. Um, power to the creatures. Up next was Scrape by um, Denise Dumars. Denise uses she, her pronouns. Um, this is the one of the woman who has growths. Yeah. Um, I was so fascinated by these characters that she gave us. Um. And it was like, in so few pages, she painted this, these two women's like whole life story. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool. That was a really cool, talented thing that I was like, I feel like I've known these women for years. Um, there was also something really cool in it about um, reclaiming life, reclaiming your power and not hiding. Something I got out of it. Oh, I like I like that. I, I I liked just simply the kind of idea that really, yes, some people have these gross, but there doesn't seem to actually be anything. Like it doesn't seem to actually do anything or be really anything, but they've focused in on this and made it a thing. They othered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All it is is basically a skin growth, but you know, some people have had them and so they're the weird ones. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's something evil about them. There's not. There's nothing. Yeah, it's just people being afraid and, and wanting to other another person or group of people. Um, up next we had a gorgeous, poetic, yet so simple story. Reads like a fairy tale, Mud Flappers by Usman T. Malik. Um he uses he him pronouns. These are the the islanders that survive some colonist. Uh kind of taken over. Yes. And um has a little bit of a twist at the end of how they're gonna take care of that situation. I really liked it. I thought it was really clever, like I said, gorgeous writing to me. Um up next is Churn the Unturning Tide by Annie Neuschbauer. Annie uses she her pull she her pronouns. This is the pool one. This yes. is the pool one. The fact that I can just say this is the pool one and all of us are like, oh, I remember the pool one. <laughs> um, there is a line in this story that I think of all the time. And it's when the little voice, one of the women in the pool says, why don't you eat it? <laughs> or whatever. She was like, eat it or you should eat it. Or, Okay, I'm paraphrasing. But oh my God, I just hear it. I just hear it in my head all the time. So th this story is weird. And I don't mean, I, I, I mean. I mean, I, as a compliment. <laughs> I, I, 
Sure. Although you know me and weird. Um, I don't know if I get this one. I don't know if I get the point of this one. Like, what's the... I don't know if I get the point of it either, but I have some ideas. Um, one of them is about groupthink kind of taking over. Mm. Um, a group kind of singling a person out and deciding to, like, I don't know, put a lot of pressure and manipulation mm. on on another. Um, this was also kind of cool because the heroine is um, our narrator heroine. I don't, she's not quite a heroine, but she's um, she's pregnant, which she don't. I don't know. I haven't read a lot of things with a pregnant character, so I thought that was kind of cool. Especially that quite that far along. One thing I I, I really liked about this is it kind of turned some of the some of the the thoughts as far as being included in something like this on its head because you know you have the main character who is who is not saying i would have never hung out with these ladies i would i would have never been involved in this if i wasn't pregnant it's she actually says i would have never kind of been allowed right these are um she's in this class with elders men and women yeah. and um you know that was also something i kind of got from the book is um the elderly we we tend to infantilize them in our culture and not take very good care of them and so then like what if they turn the tables on the young and beautiful people that was another thing i kind of came to mind and you know maybe none of this is anything the author had intended but it got me thinking so that's that's something it's definitely disturbing. Uh, next up, we had There's Always Something in the Woods by Gabino Iglesias. Uses he, him pronouns. Um, damn, this story. Um, dr- uh, you know, some folks who are smuggling drugs and there's creatures in the woods. Um, and then that ending. It's not fair. It is not fair. And like, <sighs> that's the whole point, right? Like, I've gotten attached to especially the girl in our story. And people who are having a hard time and who are down on their luck and then they get fucked over and it's like yeah i mean in the real world it's by other people or by systems not by creatures but might as well be by it doesn't matter up next is the turning by Haley piper um we know a Haley, <laughs> and this Haley uses she or pronouns um uh this was a great story. This was a great story, and I will be reading more by Haley Piper for sure. Um, Isn't that the best thing about short story collections is finding a new author? Yes. This is quite literally a story about finding your flock. Um, this deals with scared, well-meaning, quote-unquote, parents who try to kill you they try to hide you they try to change you and there's nothing wrong with you and i think that that's a message that's unfortunately as old as time and it's going to take a long time to change isn't that such a it's such a careful and dangerous balance where as a parent you want you want to feel like you're developing you know your children into something but you don't want to be controlling and and tell them what they can't be Right. Um, Next up was Help, I'm a Cop by Nathan Carson. Uh, Nathan uses he, him pronouns. This is essentially a story of a cop who is being um, tortured. uh, And he was somebody who hid being gay and turned to law enforcement to try to be kind of like an alpha man. 
Um, it's hard. It's, you know, there is a little bit of that saying, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's tough to read. I, I, It makes me sad to read a story where somebody was hurt and had to hide who they are, and then they turn out to do bad things. That's hard. And I mean, it's brave to write about, but it's hard. I mean, if you go back into, if you go into any bully's life, you're probably going to find a lot of pain there. Most of your killers, same thing. Um, Misinfection USA by Shanna Heath. Shanna uses she, her pronouns. That is my cousin's name, spelled the exact same way, who I'm super close to, who's a rad mother effer. Um, so this is like this already, like before I even read the story, I was already like, ah, I already love her. Um, zombie pageant. We can't escape the patriarchy even in death. <laughs> um, gory gross awesome story um it was awesome and uh you know had something to say i don't know i you that's this is the big ooey gooey i think in, in this collection and i and i loved it and i found it powerful all not ready by tracy cross tracy uses she her pronouns um sci-fi playground battle when you get to this one scott you're really yeah. gonna take something out of this you just you just said a lot of words put together that uh, that really like ring a bell for me so um smart interesting kids and i know even i both sometimes like when it's kids are like the center of the story but it's not like it's a kid's book you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so um that one's really cool illusions of the d evolved okay okay everybody Make way for the queen, Linda D. Addison. Again, somebody who does not need an introduction. Um, among her many accomplishments and many awards uh, for writing, she was the first African-American recipient of the Bram Stoker. Um, she writes a gorgeous poem for us in this collection. Uh, she is a queen. Long live the queen. <laughs> uh one of there's a couple of people in here and she's one of them that it's like that's a big get it's a big get you know for this collection and uh yeah she's amazing i mean it's it's cool to find a short story collection that has a lot of big names in it yes yes it, yes it, it kind of there's kind of there's kind of two different kinds out there right right it's like oh here's here's a bunch of brand new authors that you've probably never heard of which it's exciting i think is super fun personally i'm a big fan of those and then there's one like you know where it's like here is some of some of the biggest names really putting you know, a message out there. Yeah, and it just always feels kind of like a personal honor when they show up in collections. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Just even thinking about this story um, that's coming up next makes me feel emotional, makes my heart beat fast. Black Screams, Yellow Stars by Maxwell I. Gold. Um, Maxwell uses he, him pronouns. This is rough this is rough um my god what a piece uh lynching white hoods and red hats a very near future where as two characters are shown in this story um being black uh being jewish um you know it makes you it's those pieces where you read them and you're like we have to do whatever possible for this not to become 
our truth because I know this is a truth for a lot of people, but for it to not, ugh, we just can't, we can't, we can't go to normalizing violence to other people. I, it, it really does. It makes me like emotional. It's hard, it's hard and it's necessary to talk about. Because we, you know, there's a lot of things that we say uh, that won't, that can't happen to us. That'll never happen to us. Oh, it won't happen again. And it always happens. And again. it already is and already has and unless we really recognize what's happening and we truly learn from it it will just keep repeating itself yeah we gotta we gotta stand up we gotta have some compassion some love some understanding oh and we can do it we can do it um on a much brighter note <laughs> on a much brighter note our next story calcre i can't say this word calcrease Calcrisi? I forgot to look up how to pronounce it. Um, this is by Larissa Glasser. Larissa uses she, her pronouns. Larissa, call me. <laughs> I think we are, I think we could be BFF. I think we have BFF, bestie sister for life potential. Um, you're probably going to get tired of me because I'm nowhere near as smart as you. <laughs> but um, maybe if you want like a dumb friend, I could be your dumb friend. <laughs> Um, this is a badass trans woman expert on Rome faces off against an army of revenants. Y'all know I love anything ancient Greco-Roman. I love anything ancient history in general, uh, but especially Greco-Roman. So this deals with, and I actually, there's a little something from Wikipedia right here. The Battle of the Teutoburg, Teutoburg, Teutoburg Forest, described as the Varian Disaster by Roman historians, took place at modern Calcaris in 89 when an alliance of Germanic peoples ambushed Roman legions and their auxiliaries, led by Publius Quintilicus Varus. The alliance was, I said I loved it. I didn't say I was good at <laughs> pronouncing it. The alliance was led by Arminius, a Germanic officer of Varus's auxilia. Um, Arminius had acquired Roman citizenship and had received a Roman military education, which enabled him to deceive the Roman commander methodically and anticipate the Roman army's tactical responses. Huge, big embarrassment for Rome. Um, and then you... <laughs> We have this time travel, time slip element, and there's um, a trans uh, female, like I said, badass and romance. Um, I need a whole novel. Larissa, Larissa, like, I really think we could be friends. Call me. <laughs> Call me, Larissa. The Devil Don't Come With Horns by Eugen M. Bacon. Eugen uses she, her pronouns. I call this a really interesting slice of life horror. Um, the characters talk in a vernacular that I am not familiar with. And it was a fun and interesting kind of challenge. Uh, they use a lot of words and stuff and a lot of like, just a way of speaking very different from our own that I'm not sure I've heard spoke. You know what I mean? So it's like hard for me to like hear it in my head. I believe though these folks are Australian. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it was cool. It was a really cool, interesting slice of life horror um, that had a lot of, I don't know, just had a lot of vibrancy to me. 
very interested in reading other things by Eugen. Invasive Species by Anne Davia Cardinal. Um, Anne uses she, her pronouns. Oh, colonizer gentrification story with a twist, <laughs> with a twist of lime. This uh, guy moves to Puerto Rico and he, I think he's just white. <laughs> and like he tries to adapt a, a Spanish name and he tries to be all like, you know, these people are moving in, they're they're gentrifying, they're taking over our neighborhood. And it's, it's ironic because, you know, he did that. Yeah. But he's like, thinks he's a better colonizer <laughs> than these other ones. And then there's a fun little twist with um, just how alien he is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and also kind of poignant of how he thinks that other such beings should live. It's kind of the best way I can put it. Um, there's a lot. This story is one I twist over and over and over again in my head. Very cool. Oh, The Asylum by Holly Lynn Walrath. Holly uses she, her pronouns. Um, set in the asylum uh, where women are condemned uh, and there's really nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them at all. Uh, They just, this was a reality that happened to a lot of people, um, especially to women and horribly mistreated and abused and held against their will, even when they initially wanted to go and being held over for longer periods of time absolutely horrifying concept to me to have your freedom and your free will and yourself taken away from you and it's real it is it is real it still is real yes yes um but there's definitely some horrors of the past in the mental health industry that oof we got a more stuff we have to learn from and it's written with gorgeous prose Tiddlywinks by Stephen Graham Jones. Did you ever play Tiddlywinks as a child? No, but it kind of is like Pogs. It, uh, um, kind of. It's kind of a combination between, um, okay, remember those little plastic frogs with the little tab yes. on the back that you push down on and flick up? I loved those frogs. So it's, it, it you're kind of doing that. When you're playing Tiddlywinks. So you're trying to flick it and have it like land in a circle or land in a cup. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, my my aunt taught me Tiddlywinks as a oh, child. sweet. So Stephen Graham Jones is one of my personal favorite authors. And this was one of my favorite stories in the collection. Um, the birth of a slasher. The birth of Turtle Man. Deserved. Oh, 120%. And of course, he writes it so beautifully and sets up the story so cleverly where you think, oh, he's a monster. How could he kill all his friends? And then you realize they deserved more than what they got. <laughs> the turtle showed mercy. Uh, and then the whole allusion to the tortoise and the hare. That was really cool. Come on. Like, that story didn't even need that. But once it was in there, it's like, no, this is perfect. This is brilliant. And exact, like, it, that, was, that was really cool. Absolutely so cool. Um, Stephen Graham Jones. I just, he doesn't disappoint me ever. He's one of those authors that for me is auto buy. And yeah, I'm going to have a hierarchy in my head of, you know, I like this one more than this one when you line them all up. But um, I just love him. 
God, I just love him. And I love the way he writes. And of course, we reviewed his book, The Only Good Indians, yeah. on the show, but I read others of his. Um, yeah, you like you liked it? I, I did. I liked that one a lot. I liked it a lot. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah, especially for the turtles. Exactly. But you know what? Someone needs to speak up for those who don't have voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, be they any sort of animal, human or, or other, right? Uh, Where the Light Gleams by Michael Thomas Ford. Michael uses he, him pronouns. This was... Um, a really cool story. So we follow a character named Andy who uh, is gay and his parents rejected him. So he moved on, comes back around Christmas and sees that he has been replaced. He has been replaced by another Andy who has taken over this small town life, married his high school sweetheart and had kids. And um, Andy's first kind of sort of kind of boyfriend and best friend um, had had kind of the same thing happened to him and so he he knows what's going on and he's out for revenge and andy meets his replacement and the replacement is something it knows exactly what it's doing it does this this is what it does it makes deals with people this thing made a deal with andy's parents and it's old and it's sinister and and it's very interesting because his parents know what they did but they would rather have this thing mimic and replicate their son than have their real actual son just because they don't like he's gay um and you know the things like well you got to go on you got to be who you are aren't you happy and it's like well it's really fucking creepy that this is going on sir um, I'd love to think it's some sort of a demon, some sort of a spirit, some sort of a magical imp or other. And it's very like, it's very old, as it says. And to him, it's like, yeah, this is a lifetime, but it probably goes by in the blink of an eye for a creature that old. Mm. I love tropes like that. Um, it comes in waves by Jonathan Lees. Jonathan uses he, him pronouns. Um, I did not get this one. I didn't get it. And I'm so sorry, Jonathan. And I hope that your intended audience gets it. Um, I didn't, but I loved the ocean setting. <laughs> um, you're very talented. The Voices of Nightingales by M.E. Bronstein uh, uses she, her pronouns, this author. Lynn trying to get to the womanly usignoli under the trasia. Again, this kind of ancient academia thing that i really love um it turns into a really cool ghost story now these editors decided we could not go out with a whimper but with a bang so we've come to the last two stories which are also two of my favorites what blood hath wrought by s.a cosby who we love on this show yeah um that has one of the most powerful quotes can I set the scene? We're in a diner, all night diner, um, people working and doing the best they can. And then some very unexpected turn of events happen with um, possession, unlike any possession I've ever come across, from uh, description to what's happening, to the physicality, to the mental, e- emotional, everything about this possession was so unique. Um, and just some great characters uh, loved our heroine in this. God, I love that. I wouldn't loved even it. necessarily call it a possession so much as just a, a, a carrying. Like he was just carrying them 
carrying Being that, ridden. that yeah um but yeah this th- this has one of the most powerful not exactly one of the most uplifting quotes but also it's very real uh the strongest emotion man has the capacity to feel is hate hate is generational it is handed down like an inheritance from one twisted soul to another. It persists even into death. It never sleeps. It never tires. Hate is everlasting, not love. You know? You need to like take a few breaths after a passage like that. It's one of the most powerful um, passages when it comes to generational trauma mm-hmm. that really sunk home with me like it's really easy to be like oh love everybody love let's just all love i'm putting a peace sign up in the air (laughs) um but you and and yes we all want to love and we all that, that should be a goal that we should strive for but it's not just easy because those the the damages that have the, the the injuries that have been caused in the past, even to people generations before you, that does pass down. That comes through. It does, and that's mm. and of course, and in this instance, we're dealing with um, enslaved people's spirits. Yeah. Um. But I heard somebody say this, and I, again, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember where it was. I watch a lot of YouTube. Maybe it was there, and they said they were talking on generational trauma. They're like something that could have happened to your great grandmother is still affecting you. Yeah. It you know what I mean? And that could be from really big things like enslavement to things like um mental health and somebody wasn't a good parent and so then they passed it on to somebody who then became a really you know was like I'm going to be a really good parent. Or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like and it's because of like things that go and then there's things like um, addiction and things like that that get passed on and or you know a- abuse or thinking our family doesn't deserve the good life so many different things mental health so many different things that can get informed by a generation and then it comes to your generation and it gets informed and, and you know we've talked about this in a few books recently with like what generations bequeath to those below them and it's kind of like it's kind of on that same level um and then with this you know dealing with these spirits that were so wronged and you you want them rightfully wrong their vengeance yes you do i feel really bad for the professor though yeah i don't know i kind of feel like i don't know i just feel bad for him that he's got to be the carrier of this burden but at the same time um gosh what a beautiful powerful story and and it is and the characters are there's a there's a beautiful tragicness to the characters and again it kind of goes towards that generational trauma in each one of them when he touches them and sees what their history is sees what they're carrying yeah because i mean it doesn't even necessarily like have to be tragic it's like you know, you're working hard, you're going to school, you're a yeah. single parent, you're trying to get out, you know, you, you don't want to make mistakes or, you know, but you carry these things and they get very heavy. And um, yeah, what a what an ending too. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like, you're gonna go kill a baby. But yeah. But that's where we're at. Gives you a lot to think about. Gives you a ton to think about, doesn't it? Um, And then again... <laughs> 
signal the trumpeters, roll out the red carpet. <laughs> Another woman hero who needs zero introductions, uh, Tanana Rivdu. She is a horror and Afrofuturism icon. <sighs> hero status. Another icon that's like, oh my gosh, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for doing a story. Um, this is about the, the grandma who's a film star and the incidents at her snowy lodge. <sighs> I loved this. Loved this story. One of my favorites. Um, we're again talking some generational trauma stuff um, and a little bit of people doing what they felt they had to do but also making deals with the devil and mm -hmm. kind of selling their soul in the process and creating more trauma then to pass down to further generations. Yeah. I, I felt it, it, it makes you feel so conflicted because yes. grandmother is really horrible, but is also understandable. Very sympathetic. Because yeah, I mean, sold her soul in a way, not in a traditional to the devil, but you know tainted herself somehow yeah. somehow now there are literal monsters that follow her mm -hmm. and that she has to feed in some capacity or another yeah and it's like yeah she became famous um loved but or i mean like yeah. cherished but she did um she denigrated herself and those like her other black folks mm -hmm. and she carried an anger that she forced onto her children that it's like an embarrassment anger yeah um then to set this also in the past so that you know like that kind of generation of film star could like realistically have a grandkid yeah was really cool really smart choice um because it also took me out of my present day experience and <laughs> She can, she can write people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, big time. Oh, beautiful. I was at that lodge. I was in that powder room. I was outside in that snow. I saw that. Cre I swear to you, I have a picture of it in my mind. So it also works as a great horror story. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our, con our <laughs> that brings us to the end of this journey, this journey through tales. Um, thank you again to the editors. Thank you to all the contributors. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for being other. Thank you for being heroes and leaders. Um, for letting people know how fucking cool horror is. And it's such an important vessel and genre of storytelling. Um, Reading collections like this make me so proud to be a horror fan. Yeah, I, I'm very glad that we have this. I am sad that I haven't finished it yet, but I'm also excited that I have more to read. Um, I, 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 I'm really happy that there's things like this being made. And I like to see, I like to see that there's more and more of these. Yes, I feel like we've gotten to do other collections with this same sort of focus. It's incredibly empowerful. Uh, I'm sorry, it's incredibly empowering and it's exciting. Yeah. It's a what a time to be a reader. Okay, everybody, thank you. I've been Sandra. I've been Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime. <laughs>